0: On TV, online, and unbelievable they gave these to another show. This is EPT Not Live.
1: <laughs> it is unbelievable. One more show. Hello, my babies. Welcome to EPT Not Live. I am Joe Stapleton. Coming up on today's show, Adventures in Online Poker. I played the Sunday Million 9th anniversary. This week and The Sunday Storm, we're going to recap this week's EPT TV show, read some of your tweets. It was all about the Polish players this week on the TV show, so Dominic Panka will be joining us, and we're going to find out once and for all if he is an actual human being. We're going to have another edition of Superfan vs. Stapes. I am 2-0 oh thus far. What? Correct. Correct. Sam Simon's stories will be shared finally this week Sam passed away and I can't wait to let you guys know what an awesome dude he was
0: but before we get to that I would like to introduce my work wife James Hardigan and it's my fault that you are 2-0 in the Superfan vs. Stapes contest so this week you know I said I was thinking about making the questions a bit easier yeah I just couldn't bring myself to do it but I'm gonna throw him a freaking bone. and I'm gonna start giving out clues clues
1: But I assume the game's still going to be fair between me and you.
0: Yes, more or less. Although, look, not being funny, I want to put someone on their first step, or third step more specifically, towards playing in an EPT. I want to give away a 27 euro ticket. I don't want to just be sticking t-shirts in the post. I was thinking maybe what we do is
1: when we play a game with the guest, if they win the game, then we can add something like maybe they're free-rolling maybe the super fans free-rolling prize-wise okay
0: I'll just write that down I'll take just under think about and it, it. Yeah. we don't do it today but we run it by the people upstairs see see what happens there i have to say joe feedback continues to be positive now, I don't know if this is because all the people who hate this show haven't taken to social media to tell us that they hate it. Or, I mean, why would they listen to it in the first place?
1: I feel like anyone that's going to click download, and this is probably, like, our target market already.
0: They include Michael Glover, who you might remember tweeted last week, he enjoyed your ginger jokes, and you asked him about whether there was some club where they get together and discuss the latest ginger yes. gags. He says another great episode of EPT Not Live, and yes, the club meets every week to tally up how many times we've been called Ed Sheeran. Oh, oof!
1: That feels like I—I I don't know what Ed Sheeran looks like, but I feel like that's—that's got to be some sort of—he is a ginger insult.
0: Uh, Stefan says episode two is awesome. By the way, Stapes appears to be well house trained now, so obviously we need Fatima de to baptize the booth with some f bombs.
1: I've been—I've been dropping f bombs, unless they've been getting edited out after the no, fact. Which no, 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 they're all going out. Possible.
0: I think, however, the the, the volume that uh, Fatima would bring would easily outdo you uh, and Varun says happy belated birthday James just watching EPT Not Live episode 2 that graphic gets better every second right <laughs> absolutely loved episode 1 looking forward to more of these
1: Varun I think is probably one of the, uh, the newest folks who is in contention to be called super fan I mean he is he is rabid
0: I think he first joined us when we live-streamed the PCA this year. Yeah. He joined us again for Doval. I'm pretty sure he's going to be watching the stream from Malta. Remember, 24th to the 28th, five continuous days of live coverage of the EPT Malta main event on Pokestars.tv. So, yes, he is on the list. However, and I'm not going to reveal who it is, but Varun will not be this week's superfan. Okay.
1: Well, I hope it's someone that's that I can make mincemeat out of like I have been. I, they've got a good chance today, James, because I'm actually a little... I don't get hungover. But I, I uh, was... No, no, no,
0: no, no. Yes, you do. No, I don't get hungover. Oh, you just like that every day, are you? Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, I, you might be able to hear it in my voice or something like that. But, like, I don't wake up with a headache. I don't throw up in the mornings. I don't
0: go through... You see, when you come in and your hair's a mess, your eyes look red... Standard, your throat, standard. I just think, oh, Stapes obviously had a big night last night. No, he just had a night. That's
1: my regular night for me, yes. I, like, I don't wake up with hangover symptoms, is all I'm saying. Like, I just sort of, you know, pound the beer next to my bed every morning in general, uh, but last yesterday was St. Paddy's Day. and Please, um, please, please. St. Patrick. We do Saint- not abbreviate
0: to Paddy. Yeah, but you'll abbreviate Xmas all the live long day. No, that's an, that's an Americanization which should never, ever be brought to this side of the Atlantic. Okay, fine. So it was St.
1: Patrick's Day, Thank if you're you. going to be all formal about it. Um, which is amazing. If we can bring up St. Patrick's Day, it is incredible to me. You can tell that the Irish are a big fan of the drink because they celebrate the fact that Catholicism was brought to their country. (laughs) Like, I can only imagine the party that's going to happen when it finally leaves. That is going to be the real party, the real day. Sorry, when I was raised Catholic, I can say it. I can say whatever I want. Um, So I went last night to, like, the only Irish bar in all of central London. Was it by any chance called Murphy's? Close. O'Neill's. It's, like, right right in Soho, right across from the W Hotel, and it's a complete shit show. Like, it's just a total (laughs) dumpster fire. On St. Patrick's
0: Day, and who would have thought that an Irish pub in central London would be a shit show?
1: It, it was absolutely. And the thing is, like, when you go out on St. Patrick's Day, like it's you are playing like Rihanna, and Biggie, and you're like, when are they going to get to the Irish music? So they kicked it off with uh with you two, and you're like, okay, all right, good. And the Pogues, you got to have the Pogues. The Pogues might have been in there, but the song that like real, I was like, if this doesn't get played soon, I have to go request it. What do you think is probably like this song that like the whole bar just completely gets
0: behind and is singing like every single word. Flying Without Wings by Westlife? Nope. Think femaler. Um, Sinead O'Connor, nothing compares to you. Think poppier, less... Cranberries. Yes! Zombie! Zombie!
1: zombie, Like... (laughs) Oh, man. That was fun. I went out and, James, I I had a date for St. Patrick's Day. It was a Finnish girl.
0: Is this you trying to make up for your failings at the PCA? Um, yes.
1: I mean, I'm always trying to make up for my failings every day of my life, so not the PCA specifically, but I thought that maybe, James, I could marry a Finnish girl, then you and I could just spend every day together. We could
0: go to Christmas together in Helsinki. Let's get our Finnish partners together. Is this a Finnish girl who I know?
1: Uh, I don't believe so, although she has the same name as the girl you're thinking of, believe it or not. Wow, that is weird. They both have the same first name. Um, and I will say this, uh, I did not hook up last night, but I did eat a tuna fish sandwich right before bed, so at least my fingers smelled like I did.
0: Oh, for heaven's sake. Honestly.
1: That's not my biggest problem right now, James. I got to have some first world problems I wanted to tell you about. I don't know. If first you...
0: world problems are still problems, yeah. as you're always fond of saying. So yes. I
1: will be an attentive, very understanding ear. Except you're not going to want to hear it, though, because it's about Facebook and you don't you're... have a Facebook account. I know. So I recently was maxed out on Facebook friends. And what they do. They... Sorry, is this
0: actually a first world problem or just a thinly veiled brag?
1: No, I know this, this, this is part of the problem is that everything about this makes me sound like a giant fucking douchebag. And I don't like it. Part of the thing about my Facebook, right, is I accept everyone. You want to come be my friend on Facebook? Let's interact. I write back to everyone on Facebook. I'm accessible, right? I'm quote unquote accessible.
0: And But I it like makes that.
1: you so unhappy. Not, not recently. It's been fine okay, recently. Because well, you
0: did go through a long absolutely. period of dealing with a lot of dissenters. Totally. I'm sorry. I There's constructive criticism is one thing, but idiocy and abuse is unacceptable. Absolutely. And, and I'm sorry, there is only one punishment good enough for that. And it's death. Oh, I thought you were going to say the band hammer. We're just skipping right to death. Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm fully in favor of executing trolls.
1: You know, I mean, you know, my, my sort of pitch on this is that the first time you say someone mean to someone on the internet you've never met before, someone comes to your house and beats you within an inch of your life. The second time it happens, they kill you. That's it. You get, I'm down with that. You get one, you get one mulligan. And I think getting beaten within an inch of your
0: life generally is enough to get people to stop doing something you like that. You say that, but it didn't work for that stalker in Ray Donovan, did it? He came back. He did. Well, he had. Sorry he had, if you haven't seen season he had, one of he Ray. Had Donovan. Real.
1: He had real problems. So anyway, what happened was I was maxed out on Facebook friends, and what they do is they recommend that you change your page into like a, a public profile, and they do warn you. They say it's irreversible,
0: and that you will lose all of your your photos and your messages. Now bear in mind that I am genuinely down with the kids here by not having anything to do with Facebook. It's something your grandparents do. I
1: hope that that's the case soon because I completely destroyed my Facebook. Well, what does it mean when you go public? So first of all, I went to the social media department here at Poker Stars, and they were like, it's fine. Just go ahead. It's not a big deal. Everything's gonna be fine. Wrong. It like basically takes all your friends, unfriends them. Oh. It does delete all of your photos and all your messages. And it untags you in anything you've ever been tagged in. And now my page, rather than being a human being, is like a company. So instead of having 5,000 friends, I now have 5,000 likes. Oh. So now I'm, yeah, exactly. So, and I've been friends with people for nine years on Facebook. People I used to work with on Mad TV, like Key and Peele, who are huge stars now, right? It's, it was nice being their Facebook friends. Katie Dippold, the girl that wrote the movie The Heat and is writing the new Ghostbusters. A friend of mine from years ago. Now I gotta go back and like, Reconnect with these people now that they're famous. now that you're Joe Stapleton Inc. right, exactly. like, and I gotta create a new Facebook page. and so I, I honestly it's it's such a first world problem, but I feel like a great sense of loss
0: now I have a, I have a question and bear in mind this is coming from someone who is not a, a Facebooker. Um, could you have had? A page for Joe Stapleton, the human being, yeah. and a separate page for Joe Stapleton, the entity on uh, in popular what media. I sh-
1: well, essentially, that is what exists now. I started a new page for okay. Joe Stapleton, the human being. But you but should have done that at the start. Exactly. What I should have done is... So it is, is actually your fault. It started the, the public page and then slowly started saying to people, hey, I've never met you before. i got to make room for real people I know. Please, can you migrate over to this one? So you left it too late, basically. I didn't leave it too late. I was just given bad advice. And Facebook wants you to do this also because now when I broadcast something, like the message is supposed to go to all my 5,000 likes, Mm. but now there's a button that says increase your reach. Facebook wants to charge me now, whereas before anything I said would go to all my friends who hadn't blocked me. Now it doesn't go to all of them. And if I want it to go to all
0: of them, I got to pay money. I, if I were you, I'd, just, I'd be set. I'm done with it.
1: Well, I would like... So I hope that maybe Facebook comes out of fashion really soon. Can we do that, guys? Can we just all make a...
0: I don't think a, you have to wait that long. My understanding is that like no one below the age of 20 has anything to do with it. Oh, thank God. That would be great news. I mean, although I'm not below the age of 20, I assume it's my next about, girlfriend might be. It's all about the Snapchats and the WhatsApps now. That's what the kids are down with. Yeah, there's
1: one called... um, What is it called? There's one that's like Twitter only it's based on who's around you, and it's completely anonymous. So, like, kids in school, oh, yik-yak, that's yes. what it's called. Kids in school are like, isn't the teacher a fat fuck? Which is horrible. I don't like this anonymous shit on the internet. By the way, that's part of the people coming to your house to beat the shit out of you. You can't be anonymous We're going to strip
0: anonymity out of yeah. it. It basically has to be your profile picture, has to be your photograph, your username has to be your Your home name. address,
1: yep. Yeah. Maybe
0: just a microchip
1: in your wrist that does in fact kill you if you end up being addicted to people. So anyway, I'm just beside myself
0: losing all this Facebook stuff. I, so I'm loving the dystopian future that we are creating. <laughs> it's here today.
1: If you've ever met me in real life, please be my friend on my new Facebook page. We are friends. I love you. And also retag me in all the photos. That's mostly what I'm upset about. Is like every photo I've ever been tagged
0: in is gone now. Let's talk about something happier, James. we had yeah, your birthday I,
1: party this week? It at the was. Hippodrome?
0: Rather, rather than hearing you beg for people to be your friends, let's talk about <laughs> real friends who did come to the hippodrome for my birthday party, and it was a really awesome night. Actually, we had a private poker tournament with I'm that a twenty. Man. I'm forty. I am indeed, and to celebrate. Turning 40, uh, 26 27 people took part in this event at the hippodrome three table tournament. And what was great it was a mix of friends new, uh, work colleagues, people I've known from university, people I've known from school. Um, and it was great to see them all together playing around the poker table.
2: Happy birthday.
0: I really was hoping you deleted that from the Ah, uh, Nope, that stayed forever. Oh.
2: Have a good day.
0: And I did. It was a veritable who's who of poker stars, television staff, <laughs> and a couple of, actually three bearded people who no one knew, who were all characters from my home game from the early 2000s. A fat guy called Ray, yeah. who slow rolled people spectacularly oh, every time it was he had awesome. aces. It was so good. He took our boss's boss out of this tournament, slow rolling him with aces, and he's not doing it deliberately. By the way, it wasn't a douchey kind of. Oh, I'm not going to show my hand. He's just like he's faces. the
1: he's the what's this worth guy who, like, seven hours into the tournament, picks up a chip he's had since the beginning. and goes, what, "What's this worth?" Yeah, that's him. That's right. And of course, Ray was one of the rip winners,
0: right? Uh, yes, there was. Uh, I think he went out in six just before there was a five way chop. Yeah, I negotiated the five way chop. It was time to get out of there. I'm not sure you negotiated it as so much. Demanded Did that I, everyone shop that, at was Five Was that points. what it was?
1: It was more like this: Hey, everyone, we all t- we can all do better than second place money. Because part of the thing and is, and then is I you made- took
0: out a gun to their head and told them either their brains or their signature was going on the deal form. That uh, that is one hundred percent true.
1: Um, yeah, I uh, I had it. I had to get uh, look. It was time to go. We wanted to have fun and drink. That's the thing that sucks about home games. There's always like three people playing and everyone else is like. Uh, we just kind of want to hang out now. So you just make them take a
0: deal. It ended at a good time. But no, it was a really good night. So thank you once again for your part in organizing the shindig.
1: Now, I did get in a little bit of trouble because I was accused of condescending your wife, James. Oh, who by?
0: What? Her. Well, the... (laughs) Knowing the two characters involved, I can probably see both sides of the story. But for obvious reasons, I'm going to side with my wife. So, yeah, the, yeah please do.
1: That's fine. We can we can hash it out off air. No, uh, so, you know, by, like, the third level, Anties kicked in. It was a rebuy tournament, so no one had gone out yet. So I look at your wife and I say, hey, you made it to the Anties. It was a joke. Like, it, I understand that it's everyone made it to the Anties. So it wasn't condescending her specifically, but she was like, well, that was... And a bunch of other people are like, oh, and I was like, no, 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 I didn't. I didn't mean it like that. I'm sorry. So anyway, James is keeping silent about this one.
0: No, because I, I can completely see it from both parties' point of view, but, you know, obviously... You... That's nice of you to, to say that you can see it from both parties' point th- I think she knows you well enough to know that um, you would condescend anyone, regardless of their gender. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's it. It wasn't
1: specific to her. James, I was hoping we could try
0: something new this week. Yes, um, I'm for new.
1: I think that, it. well, the word new is part of it. I think we should talk about a little bit of the news, stuff that's happening in the news. Controversial. EPT Not Live, the news. What do you think of that? I know you're good at um, coming up with lyrics for stuff. I thought you could come up with something for next week. Hold on. Poker and something and EPT EPT Not Live, the news. I can definitely do better than that. Okay, well, there you go. There's something for you. Uh, something funny came out this week. It sort of went mini-viral, at least for Poker World. Daniel Negrano tweeted this photo of who wore it better, him and Justin Bieber. And uh, it's on Daniel's Twitter feed. I know it's an audio-only show, so maybe this isn't the best bit. I but.
0: guarantee you, anyone who is listening to this follows at RealKidPoker on Twitter. And even if they haven't seen this already, they can go back through his timeline. And uh, people seem to be mostly
1: siding with, with RealKidPoker. I don't know that I agree.
0: What do you think? Is neither an option? Ah! They both look terrible. Mr. Blackwell disapproves. Yeah, I don't no, bear I... in mind, not being funny, If Justin Bieber's face makes me want to take a baseball bat to humanity. So I'm never Just ever... from the neck down, because that's what most of the ladies are doing anyway. That's what I do. So I am never going to pick Bieber over Negrano, ever. Okay.
1: All right. Well, I take personality out of it, because I would always take Negrano over, over Bieber, because I, I love Dean Eggs, and obviously my face is buried in his crotch plenty. But in this particular instance i got a you know what you know what does it for me james it's the black tie i like the solid black tie on bieber
0: not a huge fan of the the check check, check tie but isn't the comparison meant to be the suit rather than the yeah uh, i accessories? guess so but look how look how close they got it though
1: even to the stupid colored socks i just wonder if they both saw that in a magazine or something
0: decided to go for it at this point everyone's like hasty like getting on their smartphones desperately trying to find the photograph that we're actually talking about so it's uh it's it's two Nilton to Negreanu or one all one all, one okay, all. I'm gonna, go with, B- I'm gonna go with Bieber on this one, but I, it's a draw. It's a I'm not
1: gonna lie, guys. I I got Bieber fever. I'm I'm a beat. What do they call them? A believer. I'm a, a believer, B- big time. Also in Baseball the Baseball bot. <laughs> also in the news. A uh, poker star signed a, a Japanese model. Yes. And I looked, and she is adorable. She's really cute. She's just like a a, a cute little delicious-looking piece of sushi.
0: Yeah, and of course. Well, immediately we're thinking, oh, you know, c- could she potentially play in our shark cage TV show? Is she going to be coming to any live events soon? She doesn't speak a word of English, sadly. Oh, well, I mean,
1: neither does Grinder. We have had him on the show. <laughs> also, James, how many vending machines in Japan do you think you can find this chicks underwear in? That's all I want to know. Oh, the cliche is coming out today. Good stuff. Good stuff. And finally, uh, just a little bit in the news. It's important and it's not very funny. There was a big a cyclone disaster in Vanuatu and PokerStars, as they usually do, is putting together uh, a little charity effort for them. And basically, if you go on the site, uh, I'm, I can't really give you the link. Well, it's it's not difficult of a link, I guess. P- pstad.rs slash Vanuatu. And, uh, basically what stars does is when you make a donation through the client, they match it dollar for dollar. And it's a really great opportunity to make your dollar go a long way. Cause you're basically giving double when you do it. And they did it before for hurricane and typhoon relief. Yes. And, uh, it makes you feel great to do something like this. So whatever you guys, if you can't afford something, I don't know. Of course, there's lots of arguments for charity, right? I don't do it for this reason. I don't do it for that reason. If it's something that makes you feel good and it's something that, you know, to help someone in a faraway land just to do some good for the day, I love the fact that PokerStars doubles it.
0: It's good to know that every donation you make is going to be matched by Stars. All right, uh, still more sad stuff, I guess, to talk
1: about. I hope I don't... I want to talk about Sam Simon. Uh, Sam passed away last week. He had been uh, battling cancer for a couple of years now. And I hope I don't get emotional during this because I told someone this story over the weekend and I got really choked up.
0: The weird thing is, Joe, I I think it's fair to say I have heard most of your stories. Yeah. Yeah. But actually, I don't think we've ever spoken about Samsung. Have we
1: not talked about this? No. Oh, wow. This is really good. Uh, And I guess if it's not really good, keep the story moving along because to me, it's amazing. Um, A few years ago, when I first started on the big game, I was also at the same time working for this poker player agent. And it was a lot for me because the big game schedule was crazy. I was working for this guy and I had gotten home on a Friday night at like two, three in the morning. It was like my first day in all, and like i have been working like 10 or 11 days straight and I had Saturday off. So I went out and I tied one on and um, I woke up at eight in the morning to my agent calling me saying, hey, there's a charity poker tournament happening tonight in Vegas. Now I'm in LA, tonight in Vegas, you got to be there. And I was just like, oh, I don't know. I, I, it's my first day off in forever. And he's like, look, there's a private plane leaving from um, Santa Monica airport in such and such amount of time. I got to call you back to confirm, but uh, I need you to be on that plane, I think. And I hang up the phone, and I'm just like, oh, man, I really don't want to do this. I'm just so
0: tired. And How it, often are you going to get the opportunity exactly, to take a right? private jet to Vegas? Then
1: all of a sudden, exactly, all of a sudden, I just think, "You're an, what an asshole. You are an absolute bag of ass if you do not take this opportunity. 100%. So my, I was half hoping my agent wouldn't call back, but he did. And so I said, yeah, sure, I'm on it. And I went there. And uh, the story is not all about Sam Simon. To me, at at, the, at that point, the best part was that when I got there, um, I found out I was going to be sharing the plane with Sean Astin. As in Sean Astin from, from the Goonies Lord of the Rings? And Lord, so you say Lord of the Rings. I say Goonies. Goonies was a huge part of my childhood. I mean, that was one of those v- beta tapes that I watched on a daily basis, like on the regular. And so uh, Sean was there when I got there and he was a super nice guy and we're just, you know, chatting and I'm just me and Sean and just having a conversation for like 20 minutes. Fat hobbit. The next car that shows up is, uh, has Cheryl Hines in it. Larry David's wife from Curb. Absolutely. Uh, The, like the, the vice president of Fox programming who I knew only because I worked for a Fox show for so long. Um, Gail Berman gets on the plane. Exactly. And then finally, Sam Simon shows up. And so uh, we all board this plane together, which by the way, um, private planes, uh, horrible for the environment, but you park your car next to where the plane picks you up. And then when you get on the plane, you just get on the plane. There's no security. There's no like checking your back. You walk onto the plane. It's awesome. And if I'd known, I would have brought so much illegal shit, but I didn't know it was going to be like that. So I just got on. I just got on the plane. And so on the ride over, I'm a little meek at this point. I don't want to bother anybody. I've been talking to Sean because he's super friendly. So Sean and I are chatting a little bit and Sean can't wait to ask Sam Simon about the Simpsons. He's like, I got to ask you some questions about the Simpsons. At which point I say to Sean, well, if you get to ask him about the Simpsons, I get to ask you about the Goonies. And he told me these great Goonies stories. He told me that uh, they all stole from the set constantly. By the time we all start to get to know each other, the plane's landed, right? We go play this charity poker tournament and we decide as a group, me, Sean, Cheryl, and Sam, that we're going to leave together no matter what, because we all need to take the same plane back. And so we all sort of go broke within the first, not within the first, within the same couple hours of each other in the charity tournament. And Sam's the first guy in the limo and I'm the second guy. And so now I've got like 45 minutes of FaceTime with Sam Simon and Everyone makes a really big deal about him being a creator on The Simpsons, which is, I mean, look, you cannot argue the fact that it has completely changed the face of pop culture. Like, it is just so ingrained in our society. But to me, it wasn't just The Simpsons for him. It was, he wrote for Cheers. He was one of the executive producers on the Drew Carey show. Now, when I was in college, you guys don't know the Drew Carey show, None. I don't think here. When I was in college, basically, um, the way they teach you to be a sitcom writer, that's what I thought I wanted to be, right? In college, was a sitcom writer. And they make you write spec scripts for various shows on the air. And so I wrote a spec script when I was in college for Everybody Loves Raymond, and I wrote one for the Drew Carey show. And so I got to sit across from one of the executive producers of the Drew Carey show and talk about the spec script that I wrote. And it wasn't like your typical, uncomfortable Hollywood scene where someone's like trying to work in the information. He was asking me, he was really interested in me. He was really like, oh, what do you want to do? And so um, it was really, uh, just to have this sort of attention from this guy, it just felt so special and so cool. And he was also, this was all of the celebrities of this thing, were more interested in me and my poker stories than I was in them, and there, even though I was very interested, but they were mostly asking me questions. And then this plane ride back was incredible. It was like me and Sean and Sam and Cheryl had known each other for years and we just spent the entire plane ride getting drunk, telling stories. Everyone traded stories. Sean Aston told me about how he used to work for the government briefly and he knew all these government secrets. Sam told me about how he used to be like a boxing coach and was really into boxing. Cheryl mentioned that she was into younger guys. It was like,
0: was, oh, oh, and yeah. at that
1: point, did you think, um, hello? I did actually, yes. Um, and so I was just on cloud nine after this day. I got in Cheryl's number and Sean's number and Sam's number, and Sam started texting me and said, Hey, we do poker games at the house. Uh, you should come by sometime. And so my immediate reaction is, oh, I can't fucking afford this. This guy's a billionaire. Like, and so he goes, No, 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 it's fine. It's only it's a $200 buy in. And that was still kind of a lot of money but doable like we could do well, we could the same as like any card room in Vegas like one two no limit right exactly exactly so I was like I can come up with that and I just I was like that sounds a little too good to be true though so it, a couple of weeks go by and we, fi- I'm finally available and I get invited to Sam's house are
0: you sure he said $200 buy-in and not $200 bring-in
1: Uh, yeah, that was, actually it wasn't that bad but it ended up not being so basically what it was it was a $200 buy-in everyone was all in on the first hand <laughs> Everyone was all in on the first hand, so luckily, I had planned. I was like, "Look, I'm gonna bring 800 just in case, right?" And yeah. so I'd have my on my dresser. I had a stack of bills for my 800 dollars buy, and I had a stack of bills for my regular money. And when I left the house, I just took the stack of bills that was my regular money. So the first thing that happens is I get to Sam's house. How? Why does this keep happening to you? It's amazing. We had
0: the whole two left shoes, forget your jacket, anecdote, taking the wrong money. You think. You know, you've been burnt once. You think you'd yeah. be more careful. Yeah, so I
1: I showed up. I mean, this is the biggest faux pas you can possibly make. Showing up to a poker game, I had eighty dollars. I had fucking eighty dollars. Are you on already me. nipping these people the minute you're in the door? I didn't have eighty. Sorry. I think I had like hundred and eighty. I had almost two hundred. Yeah, exactly. And I was Stapes like on the net. I'm like, oh God, man, that just got invited to this big poker game. And now I'm like the the fucking amateur who shows up. Just the noob, just the life noob, like who shows up to all these famous people. And I didn't know who was going to be there, but I'm, I'm mortified. So no one cares. It's one of those poker games where at the end of the, no one brings the cash. They all write each other checks at the end of the night anyway. Okay. So um, I'm just like, guys, I'm so embarrassed. I'll go to the ATM and they're like, don't worry about it. Don't. It's fine. So we're sitting there, we're playing this poker game and I'm like getting the feeling. I'm like... I'm just, I'm just on cloud nine, first of all, right? I'm in Sam Simon's house in his living room. He's got all this pinup art. He's like really into pinup art, like originals that cost tens of thousands of dollars. He tells me that he has the biggest 3D television in California <laughs> in his house. He's also was a huge environmentalist, right? So his house is like fully sustainable,
0: like solar powered. and Was the 3D TV, was it active or passive technology?
1: I don't know. It was a while ago. So if it was like probably... My guess is it may not have been the most cutting-edge thing because that te- that technology develops quickly. So my guess is he I got it whenever it came mistake. out. Because I made a big mistake.
0: I bought an active one, which is the one where the glasses have like little batteries in and they weigh so much on your nose. They're uncomfortable. Yeah, You have to have all the lights off in the room. The picture still looks like shit. You're much better off with the passive technology. This is
1: so much more interesting than me talking about the poker Sorry. game at Sam's house. Sorry. <laughs>
0: You mentioned 3D TVs on the geek. What do you expect
1: me to do? <laughs> so um, I'm just leading up in this incredible situation. I'm sitting there and I'm just like, just get, to, just get a hold of yourself. Just take it easy. And I don't know who anyone else is. I'm getting first names and I don't recognize anybody. Right. And I'm like, hey, and all of a sudden I'm like, this is not me. What's me is to just out with it and just be the whole what's your deal, right? I just ask people straight up what I'm thinking. What's your deal? you gay? What's your deal? You get fired? What's your deal? So I say, Sam, what's the deal here? Everyone here feels really famous and important. And he goes, oh, well, this guy right here, his name is J.B. White. He wrote every single huge television miniseries during the 80s and 90s. Remember The Beast? Remember Peter Benchley's The Beast? Yeah. He wrote the teleplay for that. Like, all of those... I don't know what it was like in the UK, but in America, these uh, these were huge, huge TV movies. I mean, they, these were not small-budget productions. Um, and this guy right here, uh, his name is uh, Jay Kogan. And I was like, oh, is that like Wally Kogan, the... Uh, that character from The Simpsons. He's like, oh yeah, that was based on me and my writing partner. So this guy, Jay Kogan had written for The Simpsons Forever. And he goes, that guy sitting to your left. Um, he was a writer on Lost and he just wrote the new Star Trek movies. Damon Lindelof. Damon Lindelof sitting directly to my left. And I, uh, James, I had just seen the Star, I'd seen it twice in the theater that week. So to be, I mean, I thought it was that good. I went to see it a second time. So I'm sitting next to these people and just the stories that they're trading. Damon Lindelof is talking at this point about the fact that he is working on the Alien prequel, and I am just losing it. Like years before, he's like, "Yeah, I think I'm gonna write the Alien prequel," and da 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 da. And he's telling me his theory on prequels and what his what his plan is for writing. We're like, "Oh my god, this is one of the best days of my life." So I end up uh, I end up doubling up really early. I won a huge pot against Sam actually, and I was like. Man, I can like just not play another hand the rest of the night and like have a huge profit, like just a massive profit, and not have to worry about owing anyone any money. But then I was like, man, if I just knit it up now, I'm never going to get invited back to this game. And the thing is, it wasn't just a hold'em game; it was a dealer's choice, right? So it was like guts and um, all the crazy games, all the crazy games, like a seven-card stud with a declaration, two hundred dollar buy-in, and used to bring in like five dollars. And so, everyone's all in on the first hand. So, like, I made, like, a huge pot on the first hand, but I eventually ended up giving it back. Um, And Sam told these... I was like, Sam, I got to ask you, like, you know, you get all this credit for The Simpsons. When's the last time you actually wrote for The Simpsons? Which season? And he just takes his finger and he just goes, holds up one finger, season one. And he was really proud of the fact that he was just getting... He's like, the first residual check I got was for $20 million and they've only gotten bigger since. Like, And he was this kind of guy that he could sort of say something like that and not sound like a total douchebag. I don't know why, like he could just pull it off because he was like, just, he was more like amused by it. Like he, he sort of, his, his uh, Facebook profile used to say, I'm just a kid from Beverly Hills who got lucky. And he seemed to really believe that, that, you know, that, and the money he just gave it away. I don't know if you know by the end, but like he gave away hundreds of millions of dollars for tons of causes. So he was just such a generous dude. So then what happens, the game ends. I end up owing Damon Lindelof $40 to this day. Because um, I didn't have the cash, and Did I was like, "Did Damon
0: Lindelof write the second Star Trek movie? I think so. Yeah. Fuck him. Keep <laughs> the forty dollars. That's the least you deserve for having to watch that brutal remake of *Wrath of Khan*. He also wrote *Cowboys and Aliens*, so um, double
1: it. If I hit him up for another forty, yeah. If I if I count money I spent on those two movies, then maybe we're a little closer to even. Um, Well, look, the Star Trek movie had its point. So anyway, the the night's over and everyone's leaving. And Sam and I are just, he's like, you want to stay and have a drink? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Of course I do. And then he's like, do you want a tour of the house? And I just, I, I just have to say that he, he took me around his house he showed me uh, this guest house where this guy named Ralph stays sometimes who's on the Howard Stern Show and I'm a huge Howard Stern Show fan and so is he. Took me to his koi pond. He's claimed all the fish had their own individual personalities. Told me what all of them cost. He's like, that one was 50000 That one was 25000 He had like three Teslas. I mean, he just had like the sickest house up in the Palisades ever. But... What I really and we so that was the last time I ever saw him to be perfectly honest But we texted a little bit after that we texted about the movie the fighters about boxing But what I really really loved about him was that he made me feel like I was his friend like immediately and When you were a rich and powerful person, I think that it's really hard to do that I think because you never know what someone wants from you You never and I of course I would have loved to hit him up and been like hey, man Can you read my script? Hey, man, can you do this can you do that? But he, he didn't treat me like I was someone who was going to do that. And no. I didn't treat him that way either. And for him to take someone that he had never met before, welcome into his home, introduce him to a bunch of celebrities, never hit his phone number, or his email address for me, never did anything. He was just the coolest dude ever. And if he could do that for me, I can only imagine how awesome he must have been to the other people in his life. People like Jen Tilly, who, you know, if you're seeing her, her tweets right now, she, you know, she's beside herself. Like she's grief stricken. And I'm really sad too. I barely knew the guy and I'm really sad because I think the lo- the world lost a really good guy with Sam. And if Sam, one of the last things he tweeted, he said, even if I die tomorrow, which I won't, I have beaten cancer. The last two years have been the best two years of my life. And I I, I truly believe that. I completely agree with that. He did beat cancer. It helped that he was a billionaire and he was able to afford the best treatment in the world. But his, you can't go on living with an illness like that without a strong will to live also so I just want to say thanks Sam Simon um, and uh, we miss you we'll all miss you seems like a weird thing to play at the end of a eulogy but whatever we can Sam would want us to, to keep laughing he'd want us to uh, to keep on trucking
0: you want to talk about this week's TV show please TV recap. Something we didn't get a chance to talk about last week, Joe. Yeah. When we discussed the third episode of EPT 100 Barcelona. Don't forget, new shows available every single Wednesday on the PokerStars YouTube channel. Also air in the UK on Tuesday nights and available to watch on 4OD. The Sketches... We don't get enough chance to talk about what happens behind the scenes when we shoot the little skits that you see when we come back from ad break. Yeah, we've actually, we've never talked about them at all. And uh,
1: to be honest, James, I don't know if people even see them because I probably get less feedback about those than anything else we do. No one says they're terrible, which... Some of them are. And no one, very
0: rarely do people mention them being good or great. I remember someone came up with an idea once that we should edit them together into a single long comedy DVD that we could give away as a prize, either on the webcast or maybe even on this show. Well, that was me
1: because I was wondering if we had over the years, shot enough to make a feature-length movie, and I think that we have, right? We worked
0: it out, and we realized that, yes, if you added every single sketch together, it would pretty much be uh, not a particularly good uh, 100-minute movie, but I think it's around the 1 hour 40 mark. And the weird thing is, these do feel sometimes like you're shooting a movie, because we spend eight hours shooting two
1: fucking minutes of footage. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, And two minutes of footage that comes out Okay, sometimes sometimes it's good. Now, I will say that the, the show that aired, not this week, but last week, had the Barcelona sketches that took place in a zoo. Yes. And I felt like those three sketches together were probably the three best that we've ever done.
0: Yeah, we had uh, you falling over yes. and crying, uh, and me treating you like a disapproving parent, didn't require any acting on my part. Uh, the burger sketch, which was awesome because you had spent the entire day going, I'm going to get to eat a burger. I'm not going to have lunch today because when we get to the zoo, I get to eat a burger. Oh, I can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to this burger. And they made (laughs) you stand right over the rhinoceros pit where there was a steaming pile of shit and a pool of urine that you had to inhale whilst consuming said burger.
1: I mean, and to hear James say that is not doing it justice. In fact, no one there believed me. (laughs) until I was like, guys, it smells terrible over here.
0: Our sound guy, Reggie, threw up in a bin. Yes. He went up there and he just took one one breath and was like, Whoop. and next thing you know, he's hurling
1: in a bin. Yes, so no one believed me until someone, it's all fun and games till a sound guy throws up in a garbage can, okay? <laughs> because that was horrific and I did have to eat that fricking burger, so that sucked. We had an amazing experience at the monkey pit uh, which actually monkey pit cage where, exhibit I don't know what you call it it's, it's,
0: it's, it's we've got to be politically correct no. the monkeys at this point don't we no no. It, it's not being politically incorrect about the monkeys it's more about the zoo and it's more about the conditions in which the animals are kept and I didn't think that the monkeys were kept in ne- not necessarily nice an environment not a nice environment and they are
1: separated from the crowd by like all of six inches of water like that maybe spanned four feet across and if a monkey wanted this. to leap out of there it could absolutely no I didn't realize there's chimpanzees can't swim. They can't swim, yeah. They don't have enough body fat, so they're actually really afraid of water. Um, So, basically, we had this miracle happen while we were at the monkey exhibit. Um, (laughs) You're making some of the dead! The monkey oasis, uh, the monkey paradise, where... um, it sort of changed what the sketch was supposed to be. The sketch was supposed to be you and I talk about, oh, what do you think the monkeys are thinking about? And then I sort of motion to them. Uh, they motioned. They're they're like smacking around, being like, oh, wow, we can't believe
0: that that hairy guy is outside while we're stuck here in the zoo. The idea being that you are so hairy that you are very simian-like and could be mistaken for a chimpanzee.
1: Revenge of the Planet of the Stapes. Yes. Um. So uh, that was what it was supposed to be. But miraculously, while we we're there, this monkey started throwing shit. <laughs> He started throwing shit, and that's the, what he thought of the original sketch. Yes, he's like, "This is shit." And also, I think it—I mean, I think it might have been intentional. Because you remember when we got there, and I was like, I was supposed to do like a monkey impress, impersonation, and I was like, "Guys, I really, I really don't want to do this. Like, I don't, I don't feel right." <laughs> you tormented a chimp mock- into throwing a lump of shit. At I don't you. feel right mocking these chimps. Like they have really. Horrible conditions. I don't I don't really want to do this. Can we shoot it somewhere else and cheat it? And everyone's like rolled their eyes. Everyone's like, oh, come on, you fucking diva. And I was like, I really don't want to do this. And so right after I start going like, oh, oh, ah, 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 this monkey starts throwing feces at me, which uh, I'm not going to give away the new ending of the sketch, but sort of changed the face of the thing. And the last sketch that we shot, now, James, you said it didn't require any acting when I fell down and you had to act like a disapproving parent. Yes. Now, here, I have a, I have a clip of it. Uh, just so you can hear the audio, I, I fall down and get hurt.
0: <laughs> I scrape my knee. What did I tell you not to do? Run. And what did you do? I ran. You ran. <laughs> I, I ran. Now, even. <laughs> that is pretty much how I speak to my six year old and Joe Stapleton did, on a but, daily basis. When,
1: now, when you hear me crying there, does that do anything for you emotionally? No. I. It was so weird. I. You, Ta- you would
0: start genuinely crying after take to
1: three. Well, we were, we first of all, we did a lot of takes, right? We did, we did
0: what, 10, 12, 14 takes? As many people know who watch EPT Live, we do work with a very talented crew, including four time Australian cameraman of the year, Bruce Baggles. Yeah. And Bruce is a perfectionist. He's won six Godai Awards. And he does like to shoot things from a number of angles a number of t- times. Yeah. And, it, you know, until he says, I got it, mate, we keep <laughs> shooting. Exactly. Uh, and so, you know,
1: we did, it, we did a lot of takes. And, yeah, I tapped into something where I genuinely was crying at a certain point. And when I hear that, to me, that crying is so
0: realistic that
1: it makes me feel bad. Like I feel like listening to that it brings me back to my childhood when I have actually sure. tried
0: like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say you're in a minority of one. I'm gonna say most people watching that Enjoy your suffering, whether it was real or fake. Fine. That's fine. All I'm saying... Like, a lot of times I watch myself in the sketches, I'm like, you, you're
1: a fucking hack. Like, you don't know how to act. <laughs> that one, I nailed it. And you know what?
0: Comedy is a lot harder than drama. That's for sure. And of course, this week's show, we had uh, the uh, Park Gwell sketches, where we kind of turned Park Gwell into a kind of strange version of Jurassic yeah. Park, with the tile lizard and the getting getting Gwell Park back online. And you trying to eat like a Tyrannosaurus right, the, Rex. So the
1: most interesting thing about this set of sketches is that we were supposed to shoot in the park and we ran long because of Aussie cameraman, four-time Aussie cameraman of the year, Bruce Baggles. He was in a foul mood that day, by He was in a very foul mood and basically we had done two of the sketches and our boss, Francine, is like, we have five minutes. That's it, to shoot the next sketch. Sketches... On, a, on an easy sketch takes about fifty minutes.
0: The response from Bagels: You can't expect me to shoot gold in five <laughs> minutes, Sheila.
1: <laughs> and so I was like, okay, it was supposed to be um, me hiding in the bushes like a velociraptor and James sort of like clever girl, me jumping out and tackling him. It was very high concept. Yeah. It was going to be a a real bitch to shoot. It was going to be the hardest of the three sketches. So there's no way we could get it done. And the security guards are starting to surround us like, okay, time to get out of here. So I'm like, okay, real quick, let's just sit on a park bench and I will, I will pretend to be a Tyrannosaurus Rex and just eat the sandwich. It sounded like the most stupid improv ever. Right. And we shot it a bunch of times and it felt right. None of those times. No. And we were just like, all right, I don't know. We're going to have to do something else. And basically my boss kept making me do it because I kept looking too much like a disabled person. <laughs> like she was like, no, you're coming, you're coming off too re yeah. And not enough, um, dinosaur, More dinosaur, More-
0: less someone with learning disabilities.
1: Exactly. Less, uh, less short bus. Oh, by the way, great joke that didn't make it to the, to the TV show about slow rolls. Um, this guy rolls more slow than a special education bus driver. Wasn't I and you now know why that didn't make the final edit. Wasn't allowed to put that in the TV show for some reason. Anyway, so that sketch uh, was just done in the last second. It never felt like it worked. But by the time it went on TV, it was certainly not my least favorite sketch.
0: It, it kind of came out okay. But talking about things that didn't make the show, by the way, things that got yeah. cut. Well, we had to have a, a conversation before we actually did the commentary for this show. Because this is all about... Polish players dominating, uh, whether it's Savinsky, Brzezinski, or Panka, who we're going to be talking to in just a moment. And we had this discussion at the start of the day about whether the word pole was acceptable, whether you could call Polish players Poles, or whether that was offensive. Because yeah. a member of our team, who is originally from Poland, she's of the belief that that's actually a derogatory term. And that was the first I'd ever heard of and it. And who are we? to disagree with someone who's actually from Poland. Exactly. So we've got through the entire show and never said the word once, apart from a gag you make at the start about the, the fact that these players are in pole position. Right. Um but I kind of like feel like were we erring on the side of caution or is this now has this word now been adopted by people as some kind of insult?
1: By the way, do you remember when we were shooting that link how difficult it was like to walk around and how many times it got fucked up and then I kept saying the pole position and you were like cuz someone else it's one of the few lines that someone else wrote wrote for me. I wrote it for you. And I was just like, "What what?" And you're like, "It's not the pole position, it's pole position." And then we do like four more takes where we where like someone else screwed it up and then we get back to and we find and I'm like and then I say A pole position. And I, I like we ended up doing this so many times. Some guy actually tweeted at me saying, you're a really great poker t- commentator, but you're terrible at walking and talking to a camera. And I will admit, I I was all over the place in that link. I was like so embarrassed. Walking and talking is not easy. Not easy. Sometimes James and I, when we're, you, if you watch really carefully, you can see us bump into each other, too
0: because <laughs> i can't walk straight but sometimes it's 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 kind of cute uh, it, we do you know what? i think we probably need to settle this debate yeah let's do for it all. uh let's get him on the line let's speak to a man who was a huge star in this show also a star of last week's show as well dominic panker on the line
1: hey dominic how's it going doing good how are you i'm all right good morning or er, uh you're in poland
3: no, I'm already in Malta, ready for EPT. Ready for the festival, a
1: biggie, sixty-nine events.
3: Yeah, it sounds exciting.
1: Has it started yet? Or are you just there, like sitting outside the poker room waiting?
3: I'm actually in my hotel room. I'll be there just when I stop talking with
1: you guys. Yeah. Oh, okay. Are you? Are we going to make you late for a tournament? No, of course not. Okay, that's good. We'll we'll try to keep the interview short. <laughs> I was hoping you could help me out with something, settle something for me and James. The term Poles, once and for all, is it offensive? Is it an offensive thing to, to refer to Polish people as Poles?
3: I don't know. I don't think so. You know, I'm not a native English speaker, so
0: I... We didn't don't... think so either. We had this conversation, we had this debate, and we were of the opinion that it's fine, a bit like saying Brits or Danes. How else could you... all Call us like every time. Repeat Polish
3: player, Polish. I don't know. Polish, it's pole position, right? So I think it's okay. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. I think maybe it's along the maybe James. Maybe it's along the same line as Canucks. Like Canucks isn't really offensive, but it's a little slangy. It's slangy, but there's a difference between slang and offensive. Yeah. Okay. Well, Dominic's saying it's okay. I'm taking Dominic's word for it. So that's it. We're putting that to bed. Poles oh. is fine. We're going back and we're re-recording that show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the word of Panka stands. Panka has spoken.
1: Well, the reason this whole thing came up, Dominic, is because the, the show that aired last night here in the UK was all about the polls. It was it was the Polish story. There was you and there was uh, that other Polish guy and the other one that had a bunch of Zs and Ws and then the Brzezinski yes. guy <laughs> and uh, lots of people with last name Ski. And uh, you were a big part of that show as well. Uh, I'm
3: I'm pretty excited about it and I can't wait to see it. I I, I would like to see what did you
0: guys do to... All the commentary. Well, good news, Dominic, because it's available to watch right now on the PokerStars YouTube channel, and there is a big hand that you were involved in that forms a massive part of the show and actually formed what we like to call the call to action in the show when we ask people to tweet using the hashtag EPT100. I don't know whether you remember, but towards the start of day four, you played a pretty big part against a Swedish player called Johan Soderbergh, who just happens to be the cousin, by the way, of filmmaker Steven Soderbergh. Lie. And... The board is ace, ace, eight, three, king. Soderbergh, bet river. You raised Soderbergh, then shoved, and you thought about it for not an inconsiderable amount of time. Question, though, James. Question, before we let Dominic answer this, did we
1: edit out any of his thinking time, or was it purely, was it it real time? I
0: think it was pretty close to real time.
1: Okay, so, Dominic, do you remember this hand?
0: Yeah, pretty well. And, of course, you call, table kings... Soderberg tables eight, so it's house over house. Mr. Soderbergh accused you of slow rolling him.
3: Uh, well, I think a lot of the time when there is a, I mean, someone thinks that you have a pretty easy decision and you still take a considerable amount of time, they may accuse you of slow rolling, whereas, you know, intentional slow roll is very rare in, I don't know, against people that, I wouldn't know. Like, I can do it maybe to a friend just to have some laugh. But in this particular hand, I remember because it went check-check on the flop and on the turn. And when I hit a full house on the river, I was obviously happy. But when he shoved, I was, like, almost sure that he has Ace-3 or Ace-8 and a better full house. And I was like, then maybe I should fold. And then I actually... After a few seconds, I, I saw the board and realized that he also can have eights full or threes full, although I thought that he would bet them on the turn. But uh, after all, well, I obviously called because I was beating a few full houses, even though at first I almost didn't re- didn't
0: realize that. Okay, there rests the case for the defense, Joe. But now, of course, we have to turn things over to the jury. That's right. The jury being the internet. What hath the people say? Here is the vote of Kevin Melia. Feels like a slow roll. Should at least intimated that he had a big hand and was probably definitely calling. A little smirk before the call also. But but don't worry, Dominic, because Zach Spencer comes to your defence. He says never a slow roll. He didn't have the nuts. Ace-8, ace-king, they beat kings. Good call and a sore loser so we're one and one we're one and one Angus Johnston says no slow rolling there a couple of ace X boat possibilities well within his right to contemplate then it gets bad here's Jolie Panker slow rolling his full house I fucking hate it oh boy Uh Cormac slow roll all day Anish definitely a slow roll Connor as if he's ever folding slow roll at its best Oh, boy, this is getting damning. But we're going to end on a couple of positives. Two votes for Dominic Panker. William Blackburn says no way that was a slow roll, and he puts not one but two exclamation points at the end of his tweet. So you know he means it. And Taicho says Panker didn't slow roll. He needed time to think.
1: Now, Dominic, what do you have to say to all the people that say you slow rolled? And remember, you can use the F word on this show.
3: (laughs) All right, Uh, well... Uh, I think most of the people that think it's a slow roll like, they would never ever consider folding full house, ever. They're like, oh oh my god, I have a full house, or oh my god, I have a flush, I have to call, or something like this, you know. Most of the time, obviously, uh, he's never bluffing there, he never has, like, just an ace for the trips, so he always has full house, and I have to consider my options. I mean, at first I would obviously call if I at first realized that there are some full houses that I beat, but at first, you know, I just didn't realize that I don't even see the reason to, to explain myself and I'm pretty happy that I, I influenced some, you know. If some people are, you know, <laughs> hating about it, it's it's pretty cool.
1: Basically yeah. what Dominic...
3: To, you know, process everything. And my computer and my yes, MSc- that's
1: right. We're gonna to get to that a little bit later. Basically, what Dominic's saying, James, is that everyone who says he slow rolled is fucking terrible and not really good at <laughs> poker and would never consider folding a full house and they'll never win money at poker. Dominic, would you say that to those people who say you slow rolled? Would you say that uh, either option A, that they should fuck off, or B, fuck the fuck off? <laughs> you can just say A or B. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it easy on you. <laughs>
3: Oh, I, I think they can go to hell.
1: <laughs> okay, there we go. He option might with, C. went with option C, not bad, a little softer. The most unrealistic part of Dominic's explanation, by the way, is he said that he might slow roll on uh, someone if he was having a laugh. Uh, has that humor program been uploaded yet, Dominic, <laughs> or...?
3: I don't think so. I was fully in an operation.
1: (laughs) Dominic, I wanted to go back to last week's show. Now, I don't know if you had a chance to see that one yet either, where you were seated next to Mike McDonald uh, for the first time since you beat him at the PCA. And it came across to us like you guys were totally cool and totally friendly and and fun, but also like a little awkward. Was it as awkward for you as it seemed to us, or is that just us reading into it?
3: Yeah, I mean, I know, um, well... I obviously like Mike a lot and I saw the show. It was pretty cool, but I think that I appeared like, you know, I tried to, you know, make good contact with him. Like, Hey Mike, you're so cool. Hi Mike, (laughs) how are you? Stuff like this. And obviously I, I don't know. I'm not as fluent in English sometimes as he, so I can't really like joke at the same level as he sometimes because I wouldn't understand some of the things. You got to keep it simple. Yeah. And you know, we, yeah, I I wished I I, I had some uh, pretty more interesting uh, I don't know uh, things to say or good jokes, but it was all
0: right. And weren't you trying it, to set him up on a date, Dominic? Sorry, weren't you trying to set him up on a date? Was it your your girlfriend's sister who was interested yeah, yeah, in Mike? Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. But I don't think that he was interested. He actually mentioned something about having a girlfriend himself. So so it was it was pretty. Unlucky
1: for me. Yeah, from what I can tell on Facebook, I think that he does have a girlfriend. But is, is your girlfriend's sister still available? Or just, you know, when is it she, anyone who works she, in poker she, she would be interested in? Yeah. She
3: has a boyfriend, but, you know, who cares? It's Mike McDonald's. So I think, you know, he tops most of the possible boyfriends. Sorry, Am Joe, right? you're, not,
0: you're not quite I up guess. there with Mike McDonald. Yeah, wow. Yeah.
1: Okay, fine. No and, big you know, deal. For
3: me, like, for me, it's still pretty cool to just, you know, talk with those guys that are so good and, like, and I'm I'm getting a little starstruck when I'm around them sometimes. So he's still so not that's talking about me, is he? I'm no, probably he's too no. Just like this.
1: He's still talking about Mike McDonald. Yes, correct. Okay, I'm just going to go ahead and cr- cross his girlfriend's sister off off my running order here. That's gone. Uh, Dominic, in Deauville, we uh, had you on the webcast, and we uh, put it out to the audience to give you a new nickname. I don't think you love the nickname. We came up with the nickname, The Gent, which I think is fitting, but I feel like the whole Skynet thing from the TV shows is really <laughs> applicable, and you seem to like that, yeah?
3: Of course I love it, but I I was actually around when they came up with, uh, with The Gent. And yeah, you know, I was in the studio. Yeah.
1: yeah, of course. And so I was thinking that uh I, I was hoping you play a little game with us, Dominic. I have come up a little test. it's Not even a game. It's a test to see whether or not you are a human being, or whether or not you may be Skynet impersonating a human being. Are you ready?
3: Uh, yeah. <laughs>
2: he
3: doesn't okay. sound
1: ready. He does not sound ready. Got some funky computer music to see if Dominic is real or if he's a computer program. All right, Dominic, are you ready? Question number 1. Yeah, let's let's crank this down a little bit. Hold on, I got you. There we go. Question number 1, Dominic. Let's say you wake up naked in an alley in Los Angeles in 1984. Do you A hide in the alley until maybe someone comes to help? b go about your business naked or c ask to borrow some clothes from a group of nearby motorcycle enthusiasts
2: i
3: like both b and c because i think motorcycles have some pretty nice clothes he's
1: going with c he's going with c unfortunately dominic that is exactly what the terminator did in the movie the terminator he asked to borrow some clothes from a group of Motorcycle enthusiasts. Question number two, not looking good so far for Uh, you, Dominic. The
0: needle is currently pointing towards Cyborg. Number two, let's say you've been shot,
1: maybe by a guy, I don't know, named Kyle Reese, for example. Do you A, give yourself medical attention, B, go to the hospital, C, do nothing because your body will heal itself? Yeah, I like C.
0: Whoa, he's going with C! Dominic Panker is a self-healing cyborg. The needle is moving very much into the red now. I don't
1: know if he can come back from that. Okay, here we go, question three. Let's say you accidentally bite the inside of your cheek. Maybe it was while you were talking to a guy named, I don't know, Kyle Reese. Would you A, give yourself medical attention, B, go to the hospital, or C, do nothing because your body will heal itself?
3: It's very similar to the other question, isn't
1: it? Well, I was expecting you to say hospital for the first question, and then your body would heal itself for the second question. But you've outsmarted me already, Dominic Panka. Because that's what a cyborg would do! Because that's exactly what a cyborg would do. Let's skip to question four. Let's say you're at the final table of the EPT grand final, and someone shoves on you. I don't know, maybe his name is Kyle Reese. Small (laughs) to big blind, and you've got pocket sixes. Do you, A, fold because you're scared, B, call because fuck this guy. Or C, do a quick calculation based on stack sizes, hand ranges, table image, and ICM prize money consideration.
3: Uh, B, all the time. Fuck this guy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's becoming more and more lifelike every day. Finally, last question. Question number five. Uh, Let's say you're trying to find a particular boy. Maybe his name is Kyle Reese or, I don't know, John Connor. Uh, Do you A, go on a tri-state killing spree, B, hack into a mainframe computer and download all of his personal information. Or C, ask his mom where he is.
3: C, I'm very polite and I think she would answer.
1: Which is also exactly what Arnold Schwarzenegger does in Terminator 2, Dominic. The cyborgometer has broken. You are confirmed Skynet. You are absolutely Skynet. Dominic Panka, thanks for being on the show, man. Good luck in Malta. Thank you very much, guys. We'll see you out the next week, Dominic. Bye. So it turns out Dominic is uh, is a robot, I think. I mean, Who would have thunk it? He outsmarted me. I do think, though, James, maybe we should cut him some slack, though, because maybe he's one of those robots that doesn't know he's a robot. You know, he truly believes that he's a human being. He's oh, a buff. bit like Deckard in Blade Runner. Spoiler alert! Wait, what? No, that's not
0: very clear, by the way. That's not very clear, depending on which version you watch. D- you watch watch the final version, not the other versions, all 68 of them. Um. Obviously, Dominic's in Malta. We're going out to Malta next week. And then after that, there's only one leg left on season 11 of the EPT, and that is the grand final in Monaco. And I think we should look at how we can send people to the grand final, Joe, how we could get our listeners to go to the grand final for less than the €10,000 buy-in, because it's a biggie being the culmination of a season on tour. We're going into the lobby. On PokerStars and looking at this satellite, which is taking place on Sunday, March the 22nd, this is at five past six in the evening Central European time, and it is a 700 euro qualifier with three packages to the grand final guaranteed. Now, I still maintain, Joe, that 700 euros a lot. It's a lot of money. How do I satellite into that satellite? There are 21 satellites available into that satellite, and you could qualify for as little as 11 euros. So think about it. Win a seat in the qualifier for €11, Euros. that gets you into a €700 Euro satellite, which is guaranteeing three packages worth more than €10,000 to the EPT Grand Final in Monaco at the beginning of May.
1: Absolutely, and it's, you know, Monaco's a career maker. You make a final table in Monaco, we're go- chances are we're going to remember you for a long, long time. Is that it? Do we cover the bases there? Do we, do we say enough about, do we, do we shill enough for the company?
0: I should also mention that the Scoop schedule has been announced because after the grand final wraps up, the entire poker world moves online again. The Spring Championship of Online Poker, huge festival, going to be big again this year. I actually prefer Scoop to WCOOP, believe it or not. Is Uh, that because they have the low buy-in events?
1: Exactly, because they have the low, medium, and high. But as long as we're talking about Scoop, WCOOP, online poker... Adventures in online poker. That noise is gonna drive everyone crazy. I love it. Everyone's furiously clicking. Where? Wait, what? No, wait. I don't. I.
0: i I, I, I have no tables open. So this is the first time we've had the chance to actually run this feature and talk about specifically your adventure in online poker. I'm sure everyone would love to hear my tales of playing 100,000 Play Money goes and 500,000 Zoom. However, when it comes to real money poker, this is where you excel. I'm your only option. So, Sunday, the 15th of March, 2015... A very special event runs on PokerStars, the ninth anniversary of the flagship Sunday Million, with a $9 million guarantee. Along comes one hairy American and a dream. So they are guaranteeing a
1: million for first, but it ended up, I'm sure, being way over that because, uh, spoiler alert, I didn't win. Um, I'm sure first place ended up being way over because it was already over when I started playing.
0: Well, of course, they ended up chopping at the final table, but that's by the by. I want to talk about how it went for you. Okay, so first up, I just for a little background here, okay? A little background. I had been out all night. <laughs> okay, so when we talk about preparing for a big tournament, yeah. um, sleep is normally uh, an important thing. If I did not have to play it for this show, I would not
1: have played it, if I can be perfectly honest. So I was out all night. I got home about 8 o'clock in the morning, and I had a breakfast date also. So I didn't get to go to bed.
0: Like I had to go straight out to my breakfast date and pretend. Sorry, sorry I just going to pause you there. Yeah. Were you out all night on a date? No. Okay, just checking you weren't doing back-to-back dates. I mean, I would have been. I just didn't have one. Okay.
1: So who, you know, who makes dates at eight in the morning? Well, it wasn't eight in the morning, but it was at ten in the morning, and it just, I just On didn't. On a
0: Sunday, that's as good as eight in the morning. Brunch.
1: I mean, it's a brunch date. You get a little day drunk. Don't you know? what? I'm not going to give away all my secrets now. Anyway, I had a, I had a breakfast date, and I ended up spending most of the day with the breakfast date. Uh, And at this point, it's about 4.30. And I'm like, ah, do I take a nap or do I just power through? And then I realize because we had voiceover on Monday, I hadn't finished prepping the show for Monday yet. I had another half of the show to do. And so from 4 to 6.30, I, um, I'm prepping the show and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to try a satellite in while I prep. Like, you know, I can work on, I can do online poker, it really slows down my work. But so I enter one of these deadline satellites. And what those are is that when it's over, you immediately get put into the tournament because the tournament's already started by it's the time during it's during the late over. registration period. Correct. But what I didn't realize is that it was already during the late registration period. And so, if I hadn't done this, I wouldn't have realized that... The, I thought the Sunday Million
0: started at 7.30. Is and that it's, because you thought that we were still five hours difference from Eastern rather than four. Correct. Because the clocks went back in America, but they don't go back in Europe for another couple of weeks. I didn't
1: know why it happened. I was too tired to even think about why. All I went is, oh, tournament started, must enter. So I I jump in the uh, the Sunday Million, and also I'm seeing little advertisements for the Sunday Storm. And so I entered that as well, because that one's only 11 bucks. I lost the satellite, by the way, did not satellite in. And so I'm playing the Sunday Million and the Sunday Storm at the same time. And there's a reason why I do this. Now, a lot of players multi-table so they don't get bored, right? So they don't play too many hands in the Sunday Million. They got the Sunday Storm. They can kind of fuck around it. Me personally, I do it for that reason. But also, let me run this theory by you, James. I'm paying attention closely, right? Statistically, I should lose half of my flips, right? Statistically, yes. So I have a second tournament open so I can lose all my flips in that tournament.
0: Well, I'm not sure that's how it works.
1: Yep, I lose. I have one tournament to lose my flips and one tournament to win my flips. And I will say this, the story checked out. I did lose all of my flips in the Sunday Storm. I also lost them in the Sunday Million. But the, I mean, the theory was correct. I did lose all of the Sunday Storm hands. Um, I wrote a note here that says exit handed. I'm not sure if I can even remember. It's probably not that interesting. I don't even care, honestly. By the sounds of things, you lost another flip. I did. Yeah, it was probably a... The final hand was probably a flip. There was something that that did me... Hold on. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got it all in uh, with a set of queens on an all-spade board and got called by the ace of spades, ace of hearts, and there was a spade on the turn. So that was it for the uh, the Sunday Storm. Now, the Sunday Million... um, Basically, the I had a, a big loss uh, early on in the tournament where um, I started with uh, I started the hand with Ace Ten. I raised the button. Uh, big blind came along for the ride. Uh, some idiot Belgian, and um, you'll see why he's an idiot later. Not all Belgians are idiots. Just the ones that are idiots are idiots. So uh, comes along for the ride, and the flop comes Ten High, and I continue. He checks. I continue, continuation bet, and he raises me. And the board is like Deuce Five Ten. No, no flush draw. And I'm just like, happy days. Right. I'm just like, I, there's just no way that he has a hand that he can raise me with here. So I I call, uh, the turn is a King and it goes check, check. And then the river is, um, a seven, something like a seven. And, uh, he bet, he like way over bets the pot. And I'm just like, I don't know. I don't think this guy ever has it. Like, I call. he bets Two, like two pair on the river. He bets 2,000. He's got seven deuce. Which is like a big chunk of my stack already, because you start with 10,000. Yeah. And um, he actually... You're close. He had king eight of diamonds, so he just raised me with absolutely nothing on the flop and then hit his king on the turn, and I paid him off on the river. I'm not saying whether or not me paying the river, it's probably bad, whatever. But it was like a little tilting or whatever, you know, that someone was just kind of horsing around and then I paid off this huge overbet.
0: Are you are you dismissing this guy as an idiot purely on the way he played this hand? No. Ah.
1: I'm dismissing him as an idiot because then afterward he writes in the chat, thanks, dude. Oh.
0: This is the classic. We had the conversation last week when we discussed the Kamal Chiraria Dan Shack hand yeah. on the secondary feature table. And of course... After the little spat, and Kamal goes, "But thank you for your chips." And Dan Shack is on the verge of like striking out at that point. It is a really nasty thing to say. Yeah, to
1: Yeah, and the thing is, it gets said way more online because people are giant pussies in real life. It takes a real, it takes some real balls to say it in real life. So this guy says it to me, and then what happens is I fire back at him. I was like, "Oh, so you're one of those, eh?" And you know what? The little, the little fucker, he disconnected. It probably wasn't on purpose, but he, like, was gone for, like, four or five hands. So I wasn't going to, like, bring it up again. So he somehow managed to avoid getting getting... So, so you don't think it was... Oh,
0: no. Stapes, Stapes, no, Stapes never got me. Let me yank out my He's, Ethernet cable. He just
1: got lucky again and managed to lose connection and not have to deal with upsetting me, uh, not have to deal with the fact that I was going to shame him. So you, what I do in these situations, James, now I'm not a, I'm not a conventional okay? I'm not a winning online poker player. <laughs> I am a normal online poker player. So poker players will tell you that you got to leave emotion out of it, right? You got to leave emotion out of it. Nah. No. You know what I do? I play every single pot with this guy. No matter what I have, you're
0: thinking revenge.
1: In case I can suck out at him, and I can write thanks, dude. This is my only goal at this point. I don't give a fuck about winning a million dollars. I want to be able to say thanks,
0: dude. And just to clarify, you obviously, the satellite didn't work out, so you've invested how much in this tournament now? The satellite was only like thirty bucks. Okay, two hundred and forty-five. The better part of two hundred and fifty dollars on the line, and you decide to make it about getting back some Belgian guy who you feel has slighted you. Some
1: idiot Belgian, yes. And so what I do in these situations is, if I beat them in the pot, I say it back to them. And if I lose, like if I get knocked out, I quit the program real fast, so I can't see what they say to me. Just, just quit. And that's why sometimes if it doesn't quit fast enough, I'm like, ah, no. Because if I don't see it, it never happened. If I don't see it, he never actually said it to me. Um, Long story short, um, I was card dead. I got no big pairs, uh, nothing, no big aces. I had a ton of suited connectors in position. I flopped many, many pairs with my suited connectors. None of them were top pair. None of them did I ever improve. And so um, it just... And I, look, I didn't have it in me. I didn't play well. I played really badly. Um, I was just a total calling station trying to hit everything. I just didn't have it in me. When I went broke at 9.30 at night, um, I was perfectly happy with it.
0: Did you, um, did you do that classic kind of thing where like you went broke, you closed down the client and just
1: collapsed?
0: Almost. Now, the one thing is typically I'm actually
1: in a really bad mood no no matter what when I lose, right? Because I just don't like losing. I don't like getting unlucky. I wrote down exit hand again, and I honestly don't remember what my exit hand was on this. Um, But uh, I was in a a, a bad mood for a second. And then luckily I had been uh, just sent. I'd I'd done stand-up this week, and I tried a brand new five minutes out, and it went really, really well. And the friend had sent me the video, so I sat there watching the video as I had like 1,000 chips left in the Sunday Million, and I was in a really good mood because I was like, and I wanted to, to put this message out there to, to everyone, there's more to life than poker. And so I was watching this video, I was like, man, I did a really great set. This is really what I'm focused. I don't want to be a professional poker player. I want to be a comedian. So watching this video really turned my whole day around. It really just sort of, I didn't care about poker. Uh, you know, it was whatever, it's just a hobby. And I just wanted to to remind people out there, there's, There's more context, everything in context. exactly there's more to life than poker so i would just try to tell people you know when you bust out of these tournaments you don't feel great about it just try to remind yourself about what's really important you know
0: friends family career things that really matter i think the key thing is here you were not in the right mindset to play and if you had not already pledged to talk about this tournament on the show you probably wouldn't have played exactly and that's the key thing is you've got to be in the right mindset you've got to be in the right mood and also you've got to enjoy the experience or it's just not worth it
1: totally and so i thought as a little treat for you guys people all the time are asking me to put up my stand-up sets online i don't like to do it because then if you come see me live there's not a whole lot to see but i did take a clip of that set i did that night and i figured i could play it for you guys you want to hear it james a prefix that so the uh the uh by the way this entire set was about sex it was all about sex and how awkward sex can be so here's a here's a little snippet from the middle setting the mood setting the mood is hard right uh lighting that's hard because uh if it's too dark the girl's like what are you embarrassed of me (laughs) but if it's too light she's like What is this, a fucking porno? So you gotta find the perfect lighting. It's like the gamma correction when you start a video game for the first time. Move the slider bar so that the image behind you is just slightly visible. That's exactly it. Music, it's hard to do music. Uh, I, I don't make playlists, right? So when I uh, have someone over, I just hit play on my, you know, on the iPod shuffle, and it's just all five thousand songs of mine. So sometimes really awkward songs come on during sex, like Baha Men's "Who Let the Dogs Out,"
2: <laughs>
1: like the theme tune from Friends. That will. <laughs> This is a totally true story. I just brought a girl into my bedroom when the Imperial March from Star Wars came on my iPod. I was hoping for the fucking life of me she wouldn't notice it, but eventually she's like, what the hell is this? The only thing I could think to say was, despite what it looks like, this Death Star is fully operational. (laughs) These are the droids you're looking for. I am your
0: father. Okay, maybe that was (laughs) too (laughs) far. I I appreciate that you're mostly performing on the London circuit, so for people outside of London, this doesn't really work. But if you can make it to one of Stapes' stand-up nights, I strongly recommend it. Very, very entertaining stuff. Uh, Just to end Adventure Online Poker, Joe, of course, that was the ninth anniversary of the Sunday Million. That was a very special, very big event. But the Sunday Million runs every... Sunday, no, the clue what? is in the name. It's a $215 buy, and although, as Joe mentioned, satellites are available. The Sunday Storm, plenty affordable, just $11 to play. And that, again, as the name suggests, runs every Sunday. One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Staples, In which... Said Stapes is 2-0. 2-0 up. Undefeated. We have yet to have a superfan win the main prize. This is like in that all-in-hand between Dan Shack and Vanessa Selbst.
1: I'm Dan Shack.
0: Yes. Now, remember, if you want to take part in this element of the show, if you want to compete for an Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt and a Step C ticket worth 27 euros, you need to apply on Twitter. The hashtag is EPT not live. Dave Goodger says, "Am I a fan? Yes. Am I a super fan? Probably not. But could I do any worse than the last two tries on Superfan versus Stapes? Hell no."
1: I don't know that that's really a very good case that he's made.
0: Well, Will schlibier is throwing his hat into the ring. He says, "One of a select few to make the pilgrimage to the EPT Live studio and visit the team." Will was an absolute dick to me on Twitter at the end of, uh, what was it, Deauville. Fuck you. Okay, Will, I think you might have some uh, making up to do. Um, This week's superfan, we actually selected from last week's shortlist. Excellent. You may remember that we had a chap tweet telling us that he spent €1,200 in data watching the epic 2014 PCA final table heads-up battle between Panker and Timex. Guy sounds like a ringer. We welcome to EPT Not Live, Mr. Roland Boothby from the island of Malta.
2: Good afternoon, chaps. Thanks, hey. thanks for having me
1: on. Roland Boothby. Roland, uh, you, you, do you work in the industry? Yeah, I, I work with the GPI. Um, oh, man.
0: So just to clarify, Roland, you actually are responsible for updating the Hendon Mob database with data.
2: Uh, that's that's one of my roles over here right the- so you oh, should
0: boy. have a massive advantage and we should finally be able to correct the balance and have a super fan win against tapes
2: uh, this this could go very well or it could also go very badly this is uh, like but it- my recent knowledge i think is is reasonable but if, we, if we're going back sort of five six seven years then it's very shaky
1: I mean, this is like going on a quiz show against one of the guys who writes for the quiz show. I mean, he has access to all of the answers. He puts the an- he he works for the book where you look like he works for the encyclopedia in a trivia contest.
2: In my defense, I've have only, only been I've only been here around a year, um, and I wasn't working in, in, in poker before that. So I've, I've got a year of like pretty solid knowledge. Wait, 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 Roland, Roland, Roland! I just totally
1: remember something else. Well, I just totally remember something else. Roland, did you tweet at me one time saying that I met one of your ex girlfriends on Tinder?
2: Well, yeah, I had a fairly like acrimonious breakup with my ex, and we hadn't spoken for a, for a what long while. What is and acrimonious? She, out of the Bad. blue, okay. she sent me a she sent me a Tinder screen grab of a, of a match with uh, with stapes, um, and yeah, it was a <laughs> it was a pretty good um, icebreaker. But I, I told her to stay. I told her to stay well away. What? Yeah, I'd probably advise you of the same thing.
1: Can you can you tell me what her name is? Her name's Anna. Anna. Let me see if I'm still matched with Anna real quick. Sorry, guys.
0: Now, now, the good thing here is that, obviously, Roland, you're playing for that €27 Euro Step C ticket. You're probably going to get the T-shirt, and luckily we're going to get to save on postage this week because Joe and I will be coming to Malta this weekend and we'll be able to hand you your prize in person.
2: Well, you're going to be very welcome. It's, uh, it's um very exciting time over here at the moment. Obviously, the uh, we've got the um, EPT getting started today and the... Uh, Global Poker Masters. So, yeah, it's a hugely exciting time for for poker in Malta. Now, you guys will be very welcome.
0: We're really looking forward to it. And a reminder to everyone that we start streaming the EPT main event on the 24th of March. A massive festival, if you can make it out there. Right, as usual, the questions have been sealed in an envelope. Yeah, hold on a second. Roland, Anna with one N or two? Uh,
1: Two Ns. Okay, is she blonde? uh brunette she's a brunette kind
2: of fair, like a light brown
1: is she in, is she in a, uh, a, with a dog in her picture uh, she, no definitely not uh she might have I, uh, I
2: don't actually know what her tinder profile looks like but but she's she's got brown hair
1: okay that, and uh, she lives
2: in the north london area i, I don't know where you live It says american she, uh,
1: living in Prague. it's not that anna there's only i only have a match with two annas maybe she unmatched me
0: thanks a lot you dick I think, judging by what Roland was saying, he may have done you a favour. Anyway... (laughs) All right, let's do this. Key thing is that you might get clues this week, Roland, because I'm under a lot of flack for making the questions too hard.
2: Yeah, that'll help.
0: Okay, let's get going.
2: Superfan versus
3: Stakes.
0: Okay, Joe, as the reigning champion... You get to choose whether you go first or second. I choose to go first, please. Okay, you received the first question. Don't forget, if you get it wrong, there will be a chance for Roland, our superfan, to steal. There's a theme this week, and the theme is What Connects? So, Joe. Ooh. What connects PCA Main Event winners Elki and Dimitar Danchev?
1: Uh, can I just ask a couple, like, do you mean, like, a person? Or is, is it okay to ask, like, what sort of,
0: is it a tournament? What? What, what connects, connects PCA main event winners Elki and Dimitar Danchev? Okay,
1: Elki and Dimitar Danchev are connected by the fact that they both won the PCA. No, no. Oh wait, hold on. No, it's I'm not that easy. Just repeating the question back cuz it's in the question. Hold on. That's your one mulligan. Okay. Um they I don't know.
0: I don't okay, know. Okay, well I'm going to throw it over to Roland. Do you know what connects Elki and Danchev outside of the fact they both won the PCA, Roland?
2: Um, I'm a little bit stumped here. Um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess. Something. I'm pretty sure it's wrong. Are they, are they both triple crown winners?
0: No, the answer is they were both runners-up in EPT main events before their respective PCA victories. Okay. Now, here's your bonus question, Joe. All right. What were those EPT events? I don't need the season. I just need the locations.
1: Uh, uh, f- I have no fucking idea.
0: Barcelona and there's one right. No, no, no. I'm not saying you got one right. It's, it's, it's you got to get both right. And I'm not saying whether you got one right. Oh, till I the see. Till we say both of them. Barcelona
1: and um, Kiev.
0: Whoops, sorry. Wrong button. <laughs> He's wrong. Roland, a chance to steal. Uh, I think
2: I'm going to have to go with something fairly
0: generic. I'll go with um,
2: Barcelona and Deauville.
0: Good job making the questions easier, numbskull. I didn't say I was going to make them easy. I said I'm going to give you clues, and the clues are going to start coming now because clearly you need them. Uh, The answer was Elke was the runner-up in Copenhagen and Danchev was the runner-up in San Remo. Oh, Copenhagen. So, Roland, now is your question. You have a chance to uh, take the lead against Stapes, who currently has scored no points. What connect Martin Jakobsen and Max Heinzelman?
2: Um, I'm going to go with, have they both finished runner-up in two EPTs?
0: That is correct. Roland, you are on the board. Easy, the easy one. And here's your bonus question. What were the events? One point, if you can tell me the two events that Jakobsen was the runner-up in, and two another point, if you can tell me the two events that Heinzelman was the runner-up in, both in season. All seven, this for by one way.
1: point? It's not even worth. It. I mean, it, oh, that's like too many words to say for one point. There's two points: one for Jakobsen, one for even Heinzelman. still, you're such a you're such a what do they, what do they call it? a git? Now, what's what's someone who's cheap? A miser? A miser? A nit? You're so cheap with the points. <laughs> um,
2: James I think th- I, can- I only know one of these for sure I, I-, I think Heinzelmann was-, was runner up to uh, Willinovsky in Berlin and then he was runner up the very next the very next event which was going to guess at Copenhagen
0: um, oh you are so close what uh, about what about
2: Jakobsen Jakobsen um, was one of them London and one of them San Remo
0: I'm going to give you a chance to steal on the Jakobsen question. Uh, Jakobsen,
1: one of them was uh, Paris, and um, when has the R-Ravanov. EPT ever been to Paris? You
0: numpty! Correct,
1: that is correct. Thank you. On no. the board, Heinzelmann
0: was Berlin and San Remo. Jakobsen, Villamora, and Doville. So right now, after round one, Roland is Villamora is not up. even a real place. I, I, I guarantee you, that's just made up. It's in Portugal. Joe, your question. Yeah. What connects British EPT champions Will Fry and Zimnan Ziad? It's something specific about the events that they won. See, I'm giving out the clues. They were there. non-televised events. Correct, but not the answer I'm looking for. <laughs> Roland, a chance to steal. Um. There were, were, they, uh,
2: were they events that were only played once in the history of EPT?
0: Correct. They both took down unique events. Fry being the only Budapest champ. Ziad the only Lutraki winner. Roland Boothby 2-0 up against Stapes. And Roland, now it's your question. Think along similar lines with this one, Roland. Okay. Mickey Peterson, Frederick Jensen and Yannick Rang won three titles in a row for Denmark during Season 8. What else connects them? C- could you repeat the names again, James? Sorry. I, I... Peterson, Mickey. Jensen, Frederick. Rang, Yannick. They won three titles in a row during season eight. What connects them apart from that? Remembering the previous question, because there is a connection. Did
2: they all win events that were only played twice?
0: Joe, a chance to steal um
1: well um let's see it's peterson jensen and rang and they're all you already said they were danish in the question they won titles for denmark i know mickey won in copenhagen they all won events that were not on the tour the next year
0: I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. They are the reigning champions of their respective events. Yes. Copenhagen, Madrid, and Campione, because we haven't been back there since. One point separates you as we go into the final round. And, Joe, it's your question. What connects EPT champions Jan Scamper, Sandra Noyox and John Shipley? Jan mm-hmm. Skamper. Yes, They all won Dortmund. Roland, a chance to steal.
2: Yeah, slightly clutching at straws again here. Um,
0: With this quiz, clutching at straws is the right strategy.
2: (laughs) Um, Okay, my answer is going to be, was it both a unique and only EPT cash for, for the three players you mentioned?
0: The answer is they won on home soil. Jan oh. Scamper being Czech, one in Prague Sandra Neuarts being German, one in Dortmund John Shipley being English, one in London mm. Final question I, it thought you goes... meant, I thought you meant Mike Shipley Now Roland, here's the thing If you get this right You've won If you get it wrong and Stapes steals We're going to go to the tiebreaker So okay. what connects Hold on, we need we need more dramatic music for this Superfan versus Stapes, Stapes. What connects the following three people Those three people are Joseph L. Khoury, Theodore Caraba, and James Hartigan.
2: I'm I'm struggling, but for some reason, I think that you played an EPT once, and I've got a feeling it was the first EPT. So I'm going to try and somehow link it to that. and said they all played in, in the inaugural EPT in Barcelona, season one.
1: Joe, you have a chance to steal. I think Roland was on the right track, but I know that James, the EPT that he played was Deauville. Now, it can't be three players that all played Deauville because that's not really the answer to a question. Are they three players who all knocked Elke out of an EPT? To be specific? In Deauville?
0: And we have a tied All game tied up Okay, here's how the tiebreaker works Here's how the tiebreaker works I'm going to read a question The first person to shout the correct answer wins oh, You get one guess So if you shout and you're wrong You're out Gentlemen What was the first leg of season 6 of the EPT? Barcelona Kiev Roland Booth, you're a winner Wow, it- nice <laughs> finally a superfan well has defeated stapes took you long enough
2: thanks guys this is a very special day for me
0: Sir so roland you have won yourself a step on the path towards playing an ept a step c ticket worth 27 euros we hope you can spin that into an ept main event seat you will also get The coveted, exclusive, Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt, and we will bring it to Malta ourselves.
2: Very kind of you, thanks. Very kind of you guys. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Not at all, and congratulations! Nice Nice job, congratulations. Good work. See you in Malta. See you there. (laughs) And because of Malta... There will be no show next week, ladies and gentlemen, because instead we encourage you to actually watch EPT live, our live stream from the European Poker Tour main event in Malta, which kicks off on Tuesday the 24th of March. That's when we start our live streaming. Five days of coverage right through to the final table. It also means we won't have a chance to discuss next week's TV show, which is the penultimate episode of EPT 100. It's the race to the final table. Yeah. But I guess we can probably reflect it when we come back from Malta and, of course, discuss the final table show itself. Yeah,
1: we'll have two TV shows to catch up on. Probably a lot of fun stuff to talk about from Malta. Obviously, plenty will happen in the next couple weeks. We gave you a little bit longer show today, guys, to uh, to make up for that. So hopefully you can spread it out over the next few weeks. But like James says, make sure you turn it, turn in. make sure you turn it early so that you can be plenty rested listening to ept live
0: yes the key is use the hashtag ept not live if you want to follow in roland's footsteps compete in superfan versus stapes and win the prizes but for the next week you should be using hashtag ept live to talk to joseph and myself as we bring you live pokers
1: all right guys that's all the time we've got for this week's show for james hardigan this is joe stable and saying smell you later